0: So we're going to get into our uh, teaching for today. We're going to kind of uh, step, push the uh, prayer series to the side. Might be finished with it. Got a lot more to say, but we have a lot to spread. Uh, We have a lot to learn because we are building something that has never been built, or at least we've never seen it. And when doing that, you have to pretty much uproot a lot of things. And that's kind of what this teaching is going to be about today. Uh, the title of the teaching on today is called um, Bulldozer. I know that's odd. It's called Bulldozer. Now, this book called Moving in the Apostolic by John Eckhart. I suggest everybody who's a part of this ministry read, listen to this book several 100 times so you can get an understanding of what type of ministry this is. Uh, sometimes what we'll do is <clears throat> we'll come into a ministry and we'll judge that by the last ministry we left or we'll come into a ministry and, and pretty much we, we don't, the only reference point we have is the ministry we've seen. Okay, but I have came from several ministries and none of the ministries I came from represent this ministry. Okay, this is a different ministry. If it, if it had not been a different ministry, I'd still be a part of those ministries. There's no need to separate yourself or, or him for him to call us out of ministry to start ministry unless it's going to be different. All right. And uh, every now and then in the body of Christ, there's a call for reformation. There's a call to look at everything, to scan the landscape of the church and kind of see what is going on. Uh, Is it working? And to make adjustments. And when the father does that, he calls apostles and he calls apostolic ministries. Okay, we are the ministry. We are one of the ministries that he has called to set this thing back in order. It's not by mistake that we teach about the father. All right. All right. And it's not, a, it's not many ministries you can go to and that is their selling point. Like We're not selling you on heaven. We're not selling you on hell. We're trying to give you this relationship. Amen? Amen. How many of y'all want that? Amen. And you can't do it by teaching the old time religion stuff. Okay, well we just come in here we clap our hands, we sing a couple songs and and We don't have any authority. We don't have any power. Uh, We don't talk about how he loved us. One time I was talking to a bishop. And he was telling me about a conference that they were about to have. And he was telling me what the theme of the conference was. And the theme of the conference was love the Lord. And I said, you need to tell them, the theme need to be how much the Lord loves them. We need to know how much he loves us. Okay, the object of us gathering here is not to show him how much we love him. It's to receive his love because the love he's asking us to give away is agape. He's not asking us to give away that Webster Dictionary love you got. <laughs> that love that soon as somebody upsets you or don't do it your way, you you uh, uh, retract it. That's not the love he's call, calling us to display. He's calling us to display his love and in order for us to display his love we have to first receive it we have to first absorb it amen so um this message was extracted from this book all right now the funny thing about it is i was uh listening to this book the book is about a five-hour listen all right and um i got to chapter three and i don't know what what the guy said that triggered Uh, this thought in my mind, but it immediately made me think about bulldozers. It immediately made me think about bulldozers. Okay, now, and if you don't know my, uh, well, most people don't know this. I went to school, I went to construction school, and, and I forgot about it. I forgot I went to construction school until I heard this message, and I was like, this reminds me of a bulldozer. Okay, I went to, to, um, construction school for blueprint and surveying and heavy equipment while we were doing heavy equipment. Now that's funny because the father is always preparing you. You have no idea that right now what's going on in your life is a preparation for where he's taking you. I had no idea he would call me to be a master builder. I was in construction school because I needed some money. I needed a good job. Okay. So, I went for a blueprint and surveying, and and we had the option when it came to the heavy equipment whether to do the track hole, the back hole, or the bulldozer. All right, and I chose the bulldozer. All right, now it was some crazy rigorous training. I mean, when I tell you with the uh, um, back hole, what they would do is you have the claw. The cup, you don't have a cloth, I forget what they call it. I forget exactly what they call it, but uh, a bucket. You have the bucket. And what they would do is, in the training, they would put a cup of water in the bucket. And you had to scoop the, the uh, uh, arm down in there and bring it back up, and it had, the water had to still be in the cup. Okay? This was the training with the heavy equipment. Then when it came to the track hole, what they would do is, you would take the arm and you would lower it, and they would put an egg on a cup and it would have to touch the egg without cracking it. If that egg cracked, you failed. That's how rigorous the training is, okay? But then when it came to the bulldozer, now what bulldozers do is they're good for excavating, pulling things up, digging stuff up. Uh, They're also good for moving things out the way. That's what we doing, right? That's what we doing, right? This is a bulldozer ministry the apostolic ministry is a bulldozer ministry we move things out the way okay and and it excavates it moves things out the way it demolishes things but the thing that intrigued me the most about the bulldozer was its ability to grade to level all right and what that looks like is you will have a disproportionate disproportionate field of dirt and you'll call the bulldozer team in and the purpose of the bulldozer team is to make that disproportion land straight and it's very 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 rigorous training what we had to do in a 400 to 600 meter field was we had they put a uh one of them huge tires in front of the blade and we had to push it back and forth to learn how to control the blade okay because When you're using a bulldozer for grading, the end result is the land must be flat for you to build a foundation, for you to build parking lots, roads, all that. Y'all with me? And so I chose the bulldozer. And like I said, this is rigorous. When I tell you, even when you're like you, they'll put a pile of dirt in front of us and we will have to spread that dirt out. And what you have to do is you have to doze the dirt, bag up. Doze the dirt, bag up. Because if you keep going, I've seen people do this. They will keep going and keep pushing and what the dozer would do will flip over. So you have to keep pushing the dirt, bag up, push the dirt, go forth, bag up, push the dirt. You have to keep doing that until it's all smooth and laid out. And so... As I began to listen to this book, it reminded me that this is a type of ministry that this is. It's a bulldozer ministry. The father has called us in this time to move stuff out the way. Okay. He has called us to uh, demolish certain teachings and mindsets. Now, our first scripture that we're going to come from today is Luke chapter three, verse four, five and six and it reads That's that's not on there. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, we're good. We're good. It reads as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. Now, he's announcing the start of the apostolic ministry. I don't know what you're doing, Terry. <laughs> Terry's so funny. Y'all gotta see her face sometimes. <laughs> and, it, and it reads, the voice of one in, calling in the wilderness, calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. Every ravine will be filled. Every mountain and hill will be lowered. Every crooked place will become straight and every rough road smooth and all flesh will see the foundation. I mean, will see the salvation of, of God. Now in that you can see the purpose and the need for the bulldozer. Okay. He says, prepare the way. When you're using a bulldozer, you use a bulldozer to create paths to prepare the way. You use a bulldozer dozer to make paths straight. You use a bulldozer to fill ravines. You, you, you would use a bulldozer if you were trying to lower a hill. All of this is Isaiah prophesying the coming of the apostolic ministry, which is Jesus' ministry. Now, the thing about the apostolic ministry is that that when the apostolic ministry comes, it is coming to destroy everything in front of it. It is coming to change. The apostolic ministry is a reformation ministry. So what he does is he calls an apostle. Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our faith. Okay. He calls an apostle and he gives him an assignment. And nine times out of ten, when he gives him that assignment, you're going to get a lot of kickback. OK, and the main ones that kick back when it comes to uh, uh, the apostolic ministry is religious folks. OK, the second is pastors. And the third is prophets. We all apostles always have a problem with in these three areas in religion with pastors. The reason why with pastors is because they're always trying to protect the flock. And usually when they get teaching and they've been teaching and teaching a certain thing and something new comes along, they don't want to make the adjustment. Okay. The reason why we have issue with prophets is because prophets have excellent foresight, but not much insight. And it's like that on purpose because he makes the body up so that in a way that we support one another. And so you can see, it says, and the crooked, will become straight and the rough roads smooth. This is the introduction of the apostolic ministry. Now, this also describes my teaching style. All right? Because when building something, you have to uproot certain things. When building something, you have to make sure that you are leveling something, that you are leveling the field. If you don't level a of, of, a field, then the foundation can't be built on it. You can't build a foundation on lumpy land. Okay, you can't build a foundation on land that is disproportionate. You have to come in. Sometimes it's not enough dirt there. Sometimes you can use the dirt that is there and sometimes you have to bring in more dirt because it's not enough there. So sometimes you can take the teaching that has been taught and you can use that and then sometimes you got to bring in entirely new teaching. And that's in the case of us, okay? Because every time I talk to someone or hear someone talk about this ministry, the common thing that I hear is, that's a paradigm shift. I hear that all the time. Now, a paradigm shift happens when two people are looking at the exact same thing, but they see it different. I was at my house and I was working on some, uh, uh, doing some woodwork. And one of Javon's friends came and asked me, he said, how much you sell them for? And I told him. Now, in my mind, I was thinking to myself, why didn't he ask me? No, I told him how much I sold it for. He said, man, you're making a lot of money with that. In my mind, I'm thinking his next question should have been, how much does it cost to make one? You see the shift? He wants to know how much it costs. He thinks I make a, but, and the reason why is because I can tell you how much I sell it for, but you don't know how much I made. <laughs> and a lot of times, even in business, people are not thinking profit. That's why most people go look for a job. Not understanding that little $10 is not worth your, your hour. That little twenty dollars—it's not worth your hour. It's not, but it's going to take a paradigm shift to get you to see that. And just like in East in uh, in Christianity, we're looking at the same Bible, but people don't see the Father. We're looking at the same Bible, same scriptures. It's been—it th- was one time I was talking to a, le- a young lady, and um, she said to me. She said, where did you get this stuff from? Then she cut me off. She said, because it's been right here in the Bible the whole time. That's apostolic. The father hides things and reveals it to people at the right time. It's not by coincidence that I got this and other people don't see it. It's a calling to start a ministry. And like I said, yeah, we're going to get some kickback. It's going to be some fighting, but in the end, we're going to win. That's why my wife, she already had the dreams. She had the dreams before we started the ministry. We're being chased by legalistic people. (laughs) We put on these suits. The suits represent apostle and and, pastoral ship. We get in the elevator and when the elevator rises, we lose everyone who was chasing us. Then she had a dream that we were in a restaurant and they brought some food to us and the food was spoiled. It It was spoiled, it was outdated, and it wasn't done. And it was representing the teachings of the church. And I'm arguing, I'm arguing with the, with the, uh, with the butchers. I'm arguing, and, and that represented pastors. I'm arguing with pastors. What you're teaching is outdated. What you're teaching is not done. What you're teaching is spoiled. That's not going to help the people. Now, she had had this dream in 2014. Here it is seven years later. And it wasn't until I read this book that I began to see, oh, that's what you're doing. This book opened my eyes so much to the ministry that he has called us to. When I tell you what we have is so powerful, y'all always say to me, you don't know, y'all don't know how much y'all helping people. Look, we don't. You're right. But until I read this book, I didn't understand how powerful this assignment was. I didn't understand how much authority that we really have based just on this assignment. Not even talking about just being sons and daughters. I'm talking about based on the assignment alone. We're going we're to bombard it's, it, um, the whole COVID thing, okay? It happened at the right time, okay? It didn't matter if it happened or not. Folks was about to close their church anyway. <laughs> they was about to close them anyway. Because as soon as this teaching hit the masses, pastors going to have to make a decision either join them or shut it down. They're going to have to make a decision. Either you're going to join or you're going to shut it down. Jesus went through the same thing. Soon as he arrived on the scene, he come out preaching. The kingdom of God is at hand. Join me or shut it down. <laughs> he came bringing an apostolic ministry. What am I talking about the kingdom? They weren't interested in seeing people healed and delivered. Not at all. They was mad at him when he healed people on the Sabbath day. Religious folks. He has a whole paradigm shift. He got a whole new teaching that he's bringing about and the Pharisees are kicking against it. Why? Because anytime a t- an apostolic teaching comes about, the reason why leaders kick against it is because they know they're about to lose their authority. They know they're about to lose their grip. Jesus told his disciples, he said, like, look, listen to them because they are official keepers of the law, but don't do nothing they say. (laughs) Listen to them, but don't do nothing they say. (laughs) Stop going to their church, just watch it on, no, I'm just playing. But in doing this, I seen that this was my teaching style. Okay, now, this is why you will see me teaching one thing, and then I will interject the entirely different teaching—bulldozer ministry, bulldozer t- type of teaching. Because in the middle of teaching, I have to uproot thought process. In the middle of teaching, I have to uproot mindsets. In the middle of teaching, because I can't teach everything at one time, I have to constantly go forward, pull back, and say something else. So I'll be in the middle of teaching about prayer, and now I start talking about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Why am I doing that? Because I haven't taught about the Holy Spirit, but the thing about it is I need to level you guys because you can't have the old mindset with new teaching. We need new wine skins. We need new wine skins. You cannot take this teaching and just put it into a Baptist church. It won't work. You can't take this teaching and just put it into an apostolic denomination. You can't take this teaching and just put it in in, uh, the Pentecostal denomination. You can't just take it and and place it inside of a um, church of God in Christ. It won't work. It won't work. And so you will see me doing things like that. And the only reason why I'm doing it is because I have a bulldozer type of teaching style. I'll be teaching about marriage and then I'll stop and I'll just start talking about the spirit of Christ. Because I can't let you walk into this teaching and still have the same mindset. It is my job to destroy mindsets. I have authority to destroy mindsets. Whoever touches this pulpit has the apostolic authority to destroy mindsets. That's why I hate to tell you. I know we came; we all came from different ministries, but none of your, this is a university, so none of your credits transfer. Okay? None of your credits transfer. It wasn't accredited. Now, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, 3 and 9, The scripture says, for we both, are you serious? Oh, okay. It says, for we are both God's workers. First Corinthians three and nine, we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. Okay, we are, we don't, we're not only co-laboring with God, we are his field. Okay, now it's two things that happens in fields. One is a field has to be tilled in order to lay down seed. So we are his field in which he's going to plant his seed, the seed of Christ. And the thing about us being his field is that anybody he plant next to us should be able to grow in Christ. All right. But because we are his field, the apostolic job, the apostle job is to level you, is to get you uh, uh, to understand the entirety of the gospel. Most of the stuff you hear, it has nothing to do with the gospel. There's no good news about somebody getting beat, going on the cross, and you might get to go to heaven if you don't sin. That's not good news. That's a worse situation. (laughs) You're pretty much in the same situation. Okay, but the gospel is this. The gospel is that Jesus died on the cross so that we can have this relationship. He didn't die on the cross just so we can come here. Y'all can sit here, listen to me talk. Then you go home and nothing in your life changed. And then you come back again on Sunday. Then you come back again on Wednesday. and But nothing in your life changes. I told you, you have to be seriously, something has to be seriously wrong with you. It is a serious bondage for you to sit in ministry for year after year after year after year. After year and you don't see no change in your life. You don't see any change in your life. I told you, I got to the point where I'm like, why am I even coming? I told you what the spirit told me, he said, why is the church the only place? It is the only educational institution where people show up and they have no idea where they're going. We are the only educational institution where people will show up, hear a pastor talking and the pastor has no plans for you. The only plan he has for you that one day you might die and be able to make it to heaven. There's no earthly plan. That's why people out there looking at us like we stupid. Because <laughs> they're like, what is the benefits in this? What is the benefits of you coming in here? So you telling me basically the only reason why you get to go to heaven because you show up to church. What's different from you? Matter of fact, you broke, busted, disgusted, all your relationships bad my relationship's better than yours my money better than yours, and I don't even come to church this is how they're looking at us and i understand now at first i didn't understand i was i was a Pharisee too i was pushing the truth you need to come to church you need to do this you need to do that then after a while I was like why am i going why am i showing up because I'm not growing. I'm not learning anything. It's the same recycled stuff over and over and over again, but I have no place to grow to. The thing that helps you guys is that you know about that relationship. That relationship helps you. Am I right? Hebrew 6 and 7. Now, we're talking about the bulldozer. It says, when the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for a farmer... It has God's blessings. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. This is your soul. This is your mind. This is your heart. This is your relationship. Okay, if I sit here and teach and teach and teach and teach and you don't soak it up. Or I I continue to teach religious stuff, religious stuff, religious stuff, stuff that's not going to help you. Or we continue to tell you, read, study, practice righteousness, and you don't. What happens is you become the latter. You become a field that bears thorns and thistles, and it becomes useless. How does a field bear thorns and thistles? By going unattended. That stuff grows naturally. It just comes up if you don't do nothing. Nothing. But it takes somebody paying attention to your soul. It takes you paying attention to your soul for, for the former to happen. It says when the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessings. So it is a bulldozer ministry. Our job is to move that foolishness out your mind. It is to move the foolishness out your mind and out your heart. Because this ministry has to, we have to build a foundation. If we do not build a foundation, then the pastor has nothing to build on. That is the whole thing about this ministry. That is the strategy of this ministry. Uh, I don't want to go too, I'm going too fast. Okay. But it says, but if the field bears thorns and thistles, it becomes useless. Most ministries, I ain't going to say that. Yeah. Most ministries are useless They're just collecting money. I'm just being honest. They're just collecting money. Most Christians are useless. No power, no authority. And like I told you, the first level of authority and power that you are going to have is that over your mind. If you have no authority over your mind, you have no authority. If you have no authority over your mind, you have no authority over your flesh. You have no authority over your heart. Your emotions are everywhere. Why? Because you're not getting the word. The rain is not falling. And because the rain is not falling, you're not soaking it up. That's why we continue to tell you, even you kids, listen to the podcast. Soak it up. When you soak it up, what'll happen is, is you will produce good crops. And you will be blessed. But if you don't put that word in your ears all you will have is thorns and thistles. You will be a complaining Christian. You will be a complaining child. So now spiritually speaking, I am building a foundation or we are building a foundation. Like I said, what makes it what's going to make this ministry move extremely fast is the strategies that we're using our, our totally scripture, totally scripture. First Peter two and five. Now we are building the foundation and at the same time we are building living stones. The living stones have to replicate Christ. But first watch this. We have to build the foundation. Kirby had a dream. You remember the dream you had about the foundation with and he had a, a, a dream that we were that I was building the foundation. And as we built the foundation, we were putting corner pieces on. We're putting cornerstones on. Why are these dreams happening? To let us know this is an apostolic ministry. This is where you guys are going. This is how you have to build this thing. First Peter 2 and 5 says, and you are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. So what does that look like? Each one of us have the task of coming in here, Learning. How to become like Christ. When you go home, your focus is becoming like Christ. Our job as a ministry is laboring with you until Christ is formed in you. The whole purpose of you being a living stone, it means that you will replicate Christ. You should look like Christ. Until you look like Christ, we can't can't use you to build. Because the scripture says this, and you are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. Who's the living stones? say I am. I am you are the living stone so if we if you don't conform to the image of Christ you become useless you become like that field you become barren you can't produce anything good and so it is the job of the apostolic ministry to look at the landscape of the church and spot out all I see is thorns and thistles i don't see any good crops The world is looking at it the same way. Why should we come to y'all when y'all ain't got nothing that we don't have? Y'all have nothing, y'all don't have anything that we don't have. But we do. They looking at us like, you don't have no peace? You don't have no money? I told you, I asked one of my leaders one time, I said, how is it that we have truth but we don't own nothing? Nothing. How is it that we said we got the Holy Ghost power, but they own everything? And you know what you hear? We gonna get our stuff when we die. Wait, isn't that a contradiction to the scriptures? <laughs> when Peter came to Jesus, he wanted to know. Oh, uh, what do we get for following you? <laughs> It's, it makes, that's a logical question. Okay, what do we get for following you? Like we, find, man, he said, Peter said, look, I left my business. I left my wife. I, I didn't, I'm, I'm walking, going through all these trials and tribulations with you. What am I going to get? Jesus said, look, anything you leave, you're going to get it a hundredfold. In this life, in this life, and one to come. So you're giving in the offering, but you're gonna get the money when you get to heaven. You praying and fasting for a spouse, and you're gonna get it when you get to heaven. Well, hold on. There ain't, ain't no marriage in heaven. Well, you better get that, that JG Wentworth spirit. It's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> Sometimes I'm telling you the world' I'll let you know, because <laughs> it don't make sense for you to do something now and, and get nothing now. Okay, we're going to do this for 60 years, and we're going to get the reward when we die. No, we're going to get complacent. We're going to get tired. The Bible says that the hope deferred <laughs> makes you weary. For you to pray, 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 ask, 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 and not get that makes you weary. It makes you stop having faith. If I'm gonna keep talking to you, you gotta talk back. If I'm gonna keep asking, because your Bible, your word, the Bible says ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. When you gonna open it? When I die? No, I need you to open some doors right now. And so this is what the apostolic ministry is about. We are about building lively stones. It says, and you are living stones that God is building into a, his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Oh, we don't go there. Through, through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Now, spiritually speaking... We are creating paths. Jesus said this, I am the way bulldozer. So (laughs) I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Now, when Jesus says he is the way, that means he's going to create paths, he's going to create roads, and eventually they're going to become highways. Now, the thing about a path is that's something you walk on. The thing about a road, that's something you drive on. But the highway helps you to move, more people to move at a faster speed together. Okay. Y'all with me? Isaiah 35 and 8. This is apostolic stuff. A highway will be there. A roadway. This is what we're doing. We're preparing We're clearing a path, okay? We have to clear that path to the Father because you don't see it. It's our job as apostolic ministry to bulldoze a path to the Father. It's our job to create this highway. It is our job to make these roads with teaching and preaching and prayer, fasting, practicing righteousness. It is our job to create these paths. All the Isaiah's, most Isaiah's prophecies are just prophesying Jesus' ministry, which is the apostolic ministry. It's a ministry that came from heaven to change earth. So it says a highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for the one who walks that way. And fools would not wonder on it. Fools would not wonder on the Bible says a, a, a fool, the, the person that says there's no God is a fool. Okay, like I told you, the things about highways is highways help us to move faster together. Okay, you know you've been on little back roads, 45 miles per hour, two lanes, and you're trying to go, you see a semi, you're like, oh my God. you Okay, but on the highway you got five lanes. You shifting, going through. You just you can go right. Y'all know me, right? Y'all know me. Yes, I ain't got no time to wait. It's stupid. It is stupid for for me to be sitting on the car, sitting having a vehicle that can pass somebody, and I'm right. I'm just gonna stay behind them. Man, I will be trying to get where I'm going. I don't have no time to be sitting there. Doctor Hardy want me to drive the speed limit. Just Nope. I told her, "You want me to drive the speed limit? You drive." (laughs) I got a ticket, and she's like, "Mm -hmm, "Mr. Speed Racer, look, I'm gonna get another one (laughs) because I'm not. I'm impatient when it comes to driving. We're on our way to Florida. I have no time to do 70 miles per hour in a five in a five hour drive." We're gonna take forever to get there, and a vehicle do 160. <laughs> whatever, whatever. I, mean, I have no time. I, it ain't me. Y'all pray for me. Pray for my patience. Yes, pray for my patience. I have no. I have no patience on highways. I am gone. I, I am. I'm, look, every the. If you in the rear view, you just start getting smaller. <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I have an aggressive mentality, period. My wife always tells me that. And I mean, it's, it comes from being raised in Chicago. Okay? You can't, you can't be raised in cities like that and be super soft. Okay? Because the people are always trying to... No, seriously. You can't, be, you can't live... In Chicago, you grow up extremely fast. Someone who is nine years old in Chicago is the equivalent of someone who is, is, is 18 in, in other cities. If you grew up in Chicago, when you turn nine, you have a, your mindset is at, is at the same place as somebody who's 18 who grew up in Atlanta. Because you see so much, it moves extremely fast. I'm telling you, you see stuff you are not supposed to see. It moves, it's a difference when, you know how many people uh, Atlanta got? You know the population of Atlanta? I ain't talking about metro. Just Atlanta. No, five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand people in Atlanta. You talking about around I ain't talking about metro. I'm talking about Atlanta. The city of Atlanta is five hundred thousand people. The city of Chicago is five million. We're not talking about the surrounding area of Chicago. We're talking about Chicago in itself. Folks, folks move from the west side to the east side, have a whole nother life. It's like a whole nother city. When you move from one side of Chicago to the other, it's like you moved out of town. But it's so, you grow up so fast there. And so that's what highways are for. Highways are for us to move at supernatural speeds. And he said the highway will be called what? A highway of holiness. So what does that mean? The more you become like the father, you move faster than everybody. That's why we tell you to practice righteousness, because practicing righteousness is what makes you holy, because you only have as much holiness in you as you have humility. Okay, that's why we tell you humility is you emptying yourself out so the father can be everything in you. And the more the father is in you, you move faster than everybody else. That's why it talks about holiness and highways, but then it talks about sin and weight. Y'all with me? Isaiah 40 and three. The voice of one calling out, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness, make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. The job of the apostolic ministry is to create highways. We're creating highways Okay, it starts with paths. The Bible says that the that the word is a lamp unto my feet. it is a light unto my path. It's just like in the natural. you start crawling, but watch this: what do you crawl at in the house? You don't put your kid outside and just let him crawl up and down the street. I don't know we in we in country land so. <laughs> You let your child crawl in the, hall, in the house, okay? You don't put your, your, your child out and let them play until they're capable of walking and running and able to sustain that type of traffic, okay? You don't put your child on the road walking. Why? Because bikes, cars, motorcycles are coming. And you definitely don't put a child on the highway. So every time you step up, go from uh, uh, from the house to a path, to a road, to a highway, it takes a different vehicle. Amen. It takes a different level of authority. It takes a different level a level of power. You on that highway with a Hemi? Oh boy, that's what you want, though. Okay, you want a Hellcat in the spirit. You want something that can move extremely fast. We're building something that can move fast right now. You, we're praying in tongues, praying in tongues, building ourselves up, hearing the word. But it's gonna come a point. Well, you're going to look up, and and we're going to have to do three services. And watch what's going to happen. The folks that's not doing it, you're going to see them still walking on the path, complaining. (laughs) That's how it looks, in the spirit. If you're not practicing righteousness, you're going to get to a place, you're going to be stuck on that same path, complaining. Stuck on that same path, no manifestation. Stuck on that same road while we're on highways in other countries doing big things, purchasing homes for other people. Not for ourselves, for other folks, okay? We get to the place we like Oprah, just giving away cars. I know, right? That's how it's supposed to be. That is how it's supposed to be. These, these people are representing the kingdom in a way we should be representing the kingdom. We churches should be giving away cars. okay? A lot of these ministries are million, millions, millions and I can't wait. the reason why I can't go to, wait to go to Nigeria is because of vision, because of vision. I know why he wants us to go, want me to go over there, because he wants me to see what a real pioneer can do, because you can't see it over here you're not going to see it over here. This man got his own land, got his own city, banks, schools, neighborhoods. He got his own property, and on his property, he got his, his minister's homes. While we over here trying to find people in an apartment, we need vision. That's part of our issue. We have no vision. We can't see what he's trying to do. Mm. Now, typically, when starting a ministry, you tend to get people who are like-minded, like as far as doctrine, okay? When I I was a part of uh, apostolic ministries of discipleship, And we were like the first members of that church. And we joined that church because we were already part of the the apostolic faith. All right? Typically, if you start a Baptist church, you pretty much attract Baptist people to it. (laughs) Okay? Um, When I was at Lionheart, I think most of the people came over there with a word of faith or something like that, word of faith or faith Christian center or something like that. But I say that to say this, is that, Typically, when you start a ministry, you attract people who have a similar foundation than you have. But the thing about this ministry is we're just building a foundation. All right. So we have to literally. So we get people who are coming in here, but they have no idea what the foundation is. It's a totally different type of ministry. That's what an apostolic ministry is. It does me no good to go start a church or what somebody else is doing. That's not an apostolic ministry. All right. It does no good for me to stop. I was talking to a young lady that came from one of the churches that we were in and she, and she said, well, you got to leave and Dr. Watson got to leave. When i am going to get to leave? I said, as soon as you get new wine skins. You can leave when you... W- Typically, you have to leave a ministry when you get a revelation that is bigger than the ministry you're in. You have to leave. If y'all ever get a bigger revelation than what this ministry, you got to go. And so I told her that. I said, the reason why you can't lead that ministry is simply because you don't have a new mindset. So what, what's happening is, if you, lead that, if you lead this apostolic ministry, you're going to go look for another apostolic ministry. And what does that mean? You're just rebelling against that pastor. You just don't want to be with that pastor. It has nothing to do with you want to be, uh, uh, be a part of another ministry. You just don't want to be a part of that ministry. And so the thing about this ministry like I said, is that we are building the foundation. You are looking at the foundation. You are a part of the foundation. All right. Because when I left Louisiana and, and came to uh, uh, Atlanta, on the way here, the father told me, he said, forget everything you was taught. And I'm going to give it back to you correctly. When he gave it back to me, the only thing he gave me was the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And speaking in tongues. That was it. Everything else, he canceled it. <laughs> Everything else, he canceled it. And what I did not want to do is this: I did not want to start another denomination. How many of y'all know how denominations start started? I'm gonna tell you. Okay. The way denomination started was when the father started to release different type of teachings. So, with the Baptists, he released the teaching of baptism by water and acceptance of Jesus Christ for salvation. Then, after that, he released the teaching of the Day of Pentecost and receiving the Holy Spirit. Now, when the Baptists heard about the Pentecostal movement, they immediately resisted. So now, instead of the Baptists and the Pentecostal joining one another and becoming one body, you got two separate denominations. Then comes the Church of God in Christ. They come and talk about gifts of the Spirit. And you know what happens? The Baptists reject that and the Pentecostal Church reject that. So now, the Church of God in Christ has to start another denomination. Then you get the word of faith movement, which they believe, OK, faith in the word is all we need. Then you get the grace movement. Then you have the kingdom movement. Now, we could not have started with the Protestant and the Lutheran. But what I'm trying to show you is we have all of these denominations because of these movements that started. And, and, and every time a movement start, the, the, uh, the movement that start resists the, all the movements behind it. And so what people have to do in a church to grow is they pretty much have to walk through every movement. You can go to churches and they will not teach the kingdom. I was teaching the kingdom at a church and boy, it had three pastors. Now this is all messed up, okay? They had three pastors. One was Baptist, one was was Pentecostal, and one came from uh, AME. So I started teaching the kingdom And the pastor from the AME, the pastor from the Pentecostal loved it, but the one from the Baptist said he didn't want to have nothing to do with no kingdom here on earth. He said he didn't want to have anything to do with a kingdom here on earth. So he immediately (laughs) disbanded me from the church. (laughs) He immediately told everybody in the church, don't listen to nothing he got to say because he's talking about a kingdom and we don't want no kingdom here. We want the kingdom that comes after I heard him teaching the other day and now he's teaching the kingdom. 11 years later. 11 years later. So what we're doing is this. We're going to incorporate all of it. We're not leaving none of it out. Okay? But we have a foundation. The problem with all them other movements, they have no foundation. They have no foundation. No foundation. Apostolic denomination has no foundation. Word of faith movement, no foundation. Baptist, no foundation. Church of God in Christ has no foundation. That's why people are not growing. You walk into one of the ministries and ask them, what are you growing to become? And they're gonna say a servant or an armor bearer, or a prayer warrior. Prayer warrior ain't even in the Bible. We're trying to become everything but a child of God. Y'all with me? All right. So, what we have to do as an apostolic ministry is we have to bulldoze all of that to it. Establish something that really means something. We have to bulldoze all of that to create a foundation that people can really grow on. All right. The moment I learned about the father. I'm sitting back by I started learning it in 2010. By 2014, I was done. Four years. Number four, new beginning. Okay. after four years of studying about the father, I couldn't do church no more. I just couldn't do it. This is why. Because I said, the moment I learned about this revelation, Tyrese, that my relationship is now with a father, with the Heavenly Father, I'm a child. The moment I learned that, I said, we can't pray the same. Hence, pray like a child. Now, when we taught the thing on pray like a child, we didn't teach you what to pray, we taught you how to pray. We didn't talk about supplication, petition. We didn't talk about intercession. We didn't talk about spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about those things. But first, we got to get foundational. How to pray. Who to pray to. (laughs) We need to know that because this is our foundation. The moment I found out God was my father, I said, well, we can't worship the same. Because I didn't see as a child of God me worshiping the way they worshiped. Just lifting my hand telling God how great he is why I am pitiful. I am over here miserable, hurting, broke. And I say, No, we can't do this the same. And I begin to look in the scripture and I begin to study and I seen what Jesus say. Jesus said, Praise to the Father. I was like, mm. Why haven't I heard nobody say that? Why did nobody tell me that? I told you at this point in time, I was going through a thing, okay? Because I had new information, and I'm hearing all of my favorite people wasn't even teaching it. I'm listening to the bigwigs, the people who, you know, who had huge ministries. Even now, I'm wondering, like, how do they miss this stuff? Because this is an apostolic ministry. It's hid. Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you have hidden these things from the intelligent and the prudent, and you have given them to babes. He was talking about his ministry It's hidden from people who have high intellect. Fact checkers can't check that fact. <laughs> okay. It's hidden to those who have experience. They sitting up there, uh, uh, Jesus teaching. And how do you know what we know? You haven't been with, you haven't went to the schools we went to. You're not even 50 years old. What they saying is my level of experience. I've been doing this for a long time. You you heard them preachers, come on. I've been doing this for 40 years. And you still singing hymns. (laughs) The moment I learned this, I found out we can't do community the same. That's why you always hear me say this is a family. If that's a father, then this a family. Okay, I can't see y'all as church members. When I teach you, I have to teach you like you're his children. I can't tell you he hates you, he don't want to have nothing to do with you, that if you keep on doing that, he going to kill you. Because what happens is the moment you make a mistake, you no longer want to pray. You no longer wanna talk to the person that's gonna take you out. (laughs) So we have to constantly, constantly teach, build a foundation, he loves you. I was surprised to see how many scriptures in this Bible that talk about the father's love that I had never heard. That his love is everlasting. His love is eternal. His love is inseparable. He so loved me he gave his son. His perfect love removes fear from me. I didn't know none of that stuff until I found and discovered mm, I got a father. That's why I tell you, no, we don't just have a God. We have a father. Okay. Even the presentation of the word, I told you, the father told me like this. He said, I need you, every message that you preach, it needs to come from this pulpit as if it's coming from my household. As if it's coming from my household, as if I said that. (laughs) As if, if Serena was growing up in heaven in the father's house, this is how she would be treated. Jesus didn't come with the message that we hear a lot of stuff preached to us. He didn't come telling us, "Uh, believe in me or you're going to go to hell. No, he came telling them, you have a father, you have a kingdom. That's the the consistent message of the gospel. You have a father, you have a kingdom. You have a father, you have a kingdom. You have a father, you have a kingdom. That's the consistent message of the gospel. That's the constant message of the gospel. Read it. Study it. Do your due diligence. Absorb that word. Get it in you. Find the scriptures in which that you see the father. I mean, you see Jesus relating to the father as a child. Even our love cycle, like I told you, we were taught to love the Lord with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your understanding. And I was confused. I was confused until I had to sit back and study. I'm like, how can I love him with all my mind, my heart, my soul, my understanding and my strength, and I don't even love myself? How? And then as I began to study it, I seen that that word love was agape. Once I seen that word love was agape, I said, oh, surely he don't expect me to give him agape if he hadn't given it to me. So when he's telling me to love him with all my mind, my heart, my soul, he's saying, give this to me as a child so I can give you love so you can absorb that love so you can then give me that love back. And that love relationship between me and you is going to help you in your other relationships. It's an apostolic ministry. So we have to bulldoze the foolishness. (laughs) Y'all funny. So, our foundation starts with the Father, not Jesus. Okay? Our foundation starts with the Father, not with the Holy Spirit. So, my destruction of most teachings is based on the fact that the Father is not the foundation. And if the Father is not the foundation, there's no path to him. And all apostolic ministries must operate in, for, in first order. When you read this book, it's going to talk about the law of first order. It's going to talk about the law of Genesis. The law of Genesis is, is it, if it don't start right, it can't end right. <laughs> you can't start it wrong and end up getting it right. You have to start it all over again. That's the law of first order. I mean, that's the law of Genesis. The law of first order is in the building of things. He's going to put things first and you have to make sure that you pay attention to those things. He say first In giving first fruit. You can't give after you didn't everything, spent everything, and then you give what's left. No first fruit. In the law of repentance, he said, before you come to me in this relationship and you got an issue with your brother first reconcile it if you don't reconcile it, I can't even hear you. First Corinthians 12 and 28. It's a, it's a, I mean, when I tell you, it is a lot of scriptures in the Bible that talks about first order. All right. And God has appointed in the church first apostles. Why? First apostles. Because apostles have to build the foundation. Why first apostles? Because every ministry should be an apostolic ministry. First apostles. Second, prophets. Now, that kills the whole thing of, of, of what is it, Amos 3 and 5. That he don't do anything without speaking to his prophets. Because the prophet was the apostle of the Old Testament. The Old Testament did not have an apostolic ministry. So the prophet was the apostle in the Old Testament. When we in the New Testament and establish an apostolic ministries, the apostle has to go first. Okay, the apostle go first, lays the foundation through teaching, through preaching, through exercising authority. Then the prophet comes along, takes what the foundation of what the apostle has built and then builds a sensory system. Visions, okay? How to hear, how to work your senses according to the foundation. I can tell when you, I have a, a prophet that is not under an apostolic movement because they always prophesy doom. So, under, under this foundation, you have to prophesy according to the foundation. You have to learn how to see, how to hear, how to talk, and your senses have to be able to activate according to the foundation that the apostle built. Prophets don't build foundations. First, apostles. So you want to know something, don't ask the prophets. Talk to the apostles. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. So what are we doing in this ministry? First, the apostle comes, build the foundation. That's what I've been doing for the last two years. Okay? Going on two years. Dr. Hardy has been teaching what? Languages of the Father. Dreams and visions. Okay? (laughs) All of these things to activate your senses. Then, teachers. So what the teachers do is they take what what the apostle and the prophet has been teaching and they break it down into curriculum to teach the people then we hand that ministry off to the pastor. And Pastor Kirby would tell you, it's easier to get up here and preach when you're talking to people whose mind's been developed. If it's not for the apostle, he can't stand here and say, y'all need to be practicing righteousness. Y'all gonna be looking around like, what the, what is practicing righteousness? He can't be up here like, okay, what about the five stages of sonship? You're going to be like, what, what, what is the fives? The what? The who? Because you can't preach anything that has not been taught. If I attack your heart before I build your mind, you will be at the altar crying, but you get up stupid. That's why I'm not into emotional services. Because I've seen a lot of them. I've seen the spirit move, people slayed in the spirit, but they get up dumb. They get up stupid. They get up and they still not in form. A lot of tears on the ground. <laughs> they messed up their hair. It was a great service. Well, what did you get out of it? Monday? You can't do nothing with that. What you going to do with that Monday? Nothing. What you going to do with them tears? You cried out. all? I just cried. No. They ain't going to do you no good to cry if you stupid. It don't do you no good to cry if you ignorant. It don't do you no good. Oh God, help me. up. He's going to say, Study to show yourself approved. <laughs> Pray fast. It does you no good. So that's why I'm not into emotional services. I'll teach and I'm going to sit down. No, I'm not doing no altar call to call y'all up here and lift your hands. And No. Your mind needs to be developed. I'm going to tell you service over. Go study. That was the whole purpose of us introducing services where we did. When we first started services, I was teaching on Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. The Father's like, when are they going to study? Come on. So now we do it. We teach on Sunday. Then on Wednesday, we used to have prayer. You had a whole week to absorb the messages. And then the next week, We'll teach on Sunday. Wednesday, we'll have have Dr. Hardy teach. Now, eventually, we will get into that place, but right now, I need y'all to grow up. I need your mind to be developed. The Bible says you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That happens through teaching. It happens through teaching. And God has appointed in the church. Who appointed? God. Your father has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. And pastors are incorporated into teachers. That's why the Bible says a pastor has to be able to teach. But a pastor is not a teacher. Pastors don't walk in the teaching office. Okay, the teaching office is a totally different office than a pastoral office because teachers do not have the authority to shepherd sheep. Just like when a father speaks to pastors, he don't speak to them about doctrine. He speaks to them about preaching. He speaks to them about uh, uh, teaching, taming, and guiding the sheep. Sometimes I'll make a decision and Kirby will call me with his little pastor heart. (laughs) I don't think you should have did that. You could have did it this way or it worked out better. And he he right. Okay, he's right. He's playing his role. He calls me. Apostle, you being too hard in this situation. You need to let up. I let somebody leave. He's like, no, you shouldn't have did that. You should have re- reached out to him. And I told him, I said, yeah, I probably should have. We can work like that because it's all about feeding y'all. Okay. We not, we, we not rubbing elbows to try to see who can preach and I'll te- teach each other. No, you can't do that in this ministry. It won't work because all we're doing is revealing the father. What he going to be better than me revealing the father? <laughs> we ain't got time for that. You cannot walk in pride in this ministry. It's incredibly hard to do unless, you know, we get to just dogging everybody else. And we're not going to do that. I'd be hearing Terry pray. Like, let us not do that. I'd be hearing your prayers. Terry be praying. I'd be, no, hey, what? You, you have to listen, okay? I heard her pray, and I'm like, you know what? She right. Because I have a revelation that other people don't have. Let me not be dogmatic. A.D. get me some time too. They're not where you at. <laughs> where they need to be. <laughs> so it says, third, teachers, then miracles. Then gifts of healing. Then helps. Then administration. Then various kinds of tongues. See, we got it backwards. We want to start a ch- church and start off with gifts of healing. We want to start off walking in power. No, establish the apostle, establish the prophet, establish the teachers, establish the pastors. Then we'll worry about that other foolishness. That's why I keep telling y'all, don't worry about the gifts of the spirit right now. We'll get to that. But when we get it, we're going to be doing it as children. We're not going to be doing it as servants. We're not going to be doing it as slaves. And you're surely not going to be doing it as McKinley's people. Okay, you would not. You're gonna be doing it as authentic children of God, which means when you get out of order, you're gonna hear the father's correction. That's The best correction comes from the father. Because it's the apostolic ministry, all right? Now, mm. now, almost done. We didn't learn the reason why we have to bulldoze all these different teachings is because we did not learn Jesus Christ through the eyes of a father. We learned Jesus Christ through the eyes of the cross. We didn't learn about a Jesus Christ that came to retrieve children. We learned about a Jesus that came to die. We see everything through the cross. This is why we'll be in the middle of teaching. And I have to break this stuff down. Mm. Instead of learning about a father who sent his son to retrieve children, we have learned about a God that gave his son so we can come to heaven. And you know what? There's no life in that. There's no life in that. Somebody gave me a book to read. The book was on humility. Okay, book was on humility. The book was good. But everything that a person did wrong was considered pride. And I'm asking myself, where's the immaturity? None of it was about being immature. Everything was about being prideful. Where's the ignorance? Sometimes it's not pride person just ignorant. They don't know. And so I'm reading this book and I'm like this book has no life and it's good if you're religious because it helps you to control people. Anytime somebody not doing what I say, I say they are being prideful. (laughs) And then I begin to use the scriptures of pride against them. No, everything, some things are, you carnal. You fleshly, you worldly. Because you have not learned. I heard, this, I read this other book, and the book was talking about eternity. Going, to, it was talking about what happens in eternity. But the whole story of the book was this: was the, the people were living their life, you know, running different circumstances, and situations, and someone was good, someone was bad situations, and at the end they end up dying. And after they died, it's just based on their life and the situation and circumstance. They either went to heaven or hell. So if they had a grudge in their heart against one of their brothers and sisters, they didn't make it in. And I'm looking at this book, I'm like, it has no life in it. Where's the fivefold ministry? Where's the spirit of adoption? Where's the five stages of sonship? Where is I'm a labor with them until Christ is formed in them? It's nowhere in the book. None of this stuff in the book. So, so it's given a false... Sense of, sense of who the father is. You, you can't introduce the father like that. That's why when you see books like that, it's about the God and about the Lord. It's never about a relationship. I'm looking at this. Y'all be, I'm like, how in the world? Okay, did she have some counseling? <laughs> I mean, where was the community at? Because I'm looking at this based on this book. I'm going to hell. They used to tell us, Don't, don't, if you die mad, you're going to hell. Well, that's tough. So that's a roll of the dice. That's like the lottery. In this world, for you to die and not have no sin, no animosity, no grudge, nothing in your heart, like, where do we remove the orphan in this situation? Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. So what do we have to do? Break out the bulldozer. We got to move it out the way. We got to break out the bulldozer, and we have to move it out the way. If we don't, all the messages will come off like this. If you don't do what I say, you're going to go to hell. If you don't obey me, if you don't come to church, no. People coming to church, you know what that's about? That's about your destiny. That's why I ain't mad. I, I teach whoever show up. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm, I mean, I do care. I'm not gonna say that, but it's about the, it's about your destiny. It's just like school. Drop out. Ain't gonna, ain't gonna bother the people who graduated. <laughs> it's gonna hurt your future. But that's the deception of Satan. He think you you really bothering the pastor by not showing up. No, the pastor got his. <laughs> I got my I got my relationship with the Father. I got my wife, I got my kids, I got my vehicles, I got money, I got my house, I I got my ministry. You're not bothering me. I'm here to get you yours. I'm here to get you yours. Uh, Okay. So like I say, we have to bulldoze all of that to make a path clear to the Father. You with me, Quay? All right. So, we didn't learn the Holy Spirit through the eyes of the Father. Hmm? We didn't learn the Holy Spirit through the eyes of the Father. We learned the Holy Spirit through the cross. We learned the Holy Spirit through the book of Acts. You know the Holy Spirit was the first thing on the scene? We didn't learn it through the father. So what do we have to do? Watch this. We didn't learn the Holy Spirit through the eyes of the father, sending a son to retrieve children. We didn't learn the Holy Spirit with us being developed into children. We didn't learn the Holy Spirit having to deal with the orphan spirit. We did not learn the Holy Spirit that way. So only time you see the Holy Spirit in function is gifts. Or prayer. And the main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to get rid of that orphan. The main purpose of that Holy Spirit is to, is to walk you through the five stages of sonship. So you, so we got to bulldoze that. Move it out the way. When the Bible says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that word dynamis or dunamis, whatever they want to say, it means several things. But I'm going to give you the three basic. First thing dunamis power is supposed to do is give you moral so moral excellence of your soul. The first thing the Holy Spirit is supposed to do is develop your soul. I'm going to say that again. The first thing the Holy Spirit is supposed to do is develop your soul. Remove that orphan. Bring you to a place where you are a mature child. Most people use the Holy Spirit strictly for gifts. You see no development. You see no development. All you see is orphans running around with gifts. Orphans running around, quoting scriptures. Immature children with positions in church. Nepios, infants. How do you know? Because the Bible says in in, uh, uh, Galatians that until as long as a child is an infant, they can't get their inheritance. So the marks of a mature child is you should have some of your inheritance. (laughs) Some doors should be open. The mark that you are an infant is that you don't have anything. You don't have your ministry. You don't have your anointing. You don't have anything. That's what's supposed to make you hungry to fellowship with the Holy Spirit because he got your stuff. That's what's supposed to make you hungry to come to church because you cannot watch this. There's no way I've been doing this for 20 years. There's no way you don't show up here and you have a ministry. There's no way. There's no way your attendance is not frequent and you have a ministry. Because like I told you, when we taught on, I forget which lesson it was, we taught a lot of stuff, right? About practicing righteousness and communicating. When you show up here, it's telling the Father that I want to be involved in your community. I want everything that you have for me in the community, okay? I love your people. I want to be a part of your community. When you don't show up, you're saying, I don't care about your community. I don't care about your people. And he's saying, okay, I'm not going to put them in your hands. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I'm just, I'm being honest with you. Stuff Stuff that you won't see. Because Satan, he blinds us. He blinds us. He have us thinking that you're affecting them. You're not affecting this ministry. This ministry, it, it, it won't be long for we have to do two, three services. That's why we're building a team. After a while, you're going to be fighting for a seat. We're going to have to put seats on the side of everything. After a while. But first, the apostle, then the prophet, then the, okay, then the teachers, and then after we've done all that development, we put it in the hands of the evangelist. The evangelist takes what we're doing here and does it out there. We're a bulldozer, okay? No, we're not accepting what people teach. And we ain't no buddy-buddy. I ain't buddy-buddy with nobody. I love everybody. I love every ministry. I love pastors, all that, but I ain't buddy-buddy with nobody to the point where I don't, I'm going to forget my assignment. Period. I ain't buddy-buddy with nobody. I don't respect no pastor's teaching at all. I respect the mission that was given to me. That's it. I ain't got no time playing buddy-buddy, no. I told you people come to me saying, you should come teach this at our church. No, I shouldn't. Your foundation is weak. It won't hold it. <laughs> you can't bring sonship to anything. No. You can't bring the orphan spirit anywhere. No, you can't do that. And you definitely can't, no, here we go. So, we are bulldozing those teachings to rebuild this foundation. The father told me that everything that I have been taught in ministry, he said, forget it, about it. And I'm going to give it back to you correctly. Now, this is his mission, okay? That's the... As, as I depart, leave y'all. That's what I want. This is his plan. This is his plan. Okay? That's why, how do you know it's apostolic ministry? Because it's sent. Jesus was sent by the Father, apostolic ministry. Then he sent the Holy Spirit. Why did he send the Holy Spirit? For apostolic ministry. <laughs> then he tell you that how you gonna learn unless somebody is sent. Jesus sent the apostles. You know what they say in the old church? Some people were sent and some just went. It's a danger to start a church that's not up under apostolic authority. I understand why a lot of people are gravitating to apostles in these days. I understand because they don't have a foundation. We're not looking for a foundation. I'm not going over to Nigeria looking for a foundation. I'm going to Nigeria to get vision for what we're about to do. Okay? We're going, we know what we're doing. We know our teaching. Amen? Y'all get this mic out of my hand. So, we are a bulldozer ministry. Okay? We are moving tradition out the way. Jesus said, everything that my father didn't place, I'm uprooting it. He didn't walk into the temple and say, could y'all please get out? (laughs) Could y'all please stop doing business? No. He walked in there, turned over tables and said, y'all not going to turn my father's house. We bulldozing. Okay. We ain't asking permission for nothing. I'm out.